What's up, everybody? This is the Living Worship Podcast with Cameron Diamond here in uh, Jonesville Baptist Church in Newberry, Florida. I'm glad you decided to join me. Happy New Year. It's 2022, um, and I'm so excited to um, continue serving the Lord. I'm excited that you're here to um, study His Word a little deeper. Um, reiterate this every now and again. Mostly, you know, I started this podcast during the pandemic, you know, during COVID when it was at its height because you know, as a church, we really weren't meeting. Um, and I wanted to make sure that my students were going to stay connected. The whole Zoom thing didn't really work. Um, and initially I started this podcast on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube, you can find um, all of the initial episodes, a lot of them which are not here on your podcast um, platform of choice. Um, but I've been doing this podcast for about a year, year and a half now, um, and I've just found that the audio version um, tends to work better. It's easier for me to edit and control and put out on time. Um, so once again, I appreciate that you're here. Um, as a youth group, uh, last semester we studied the book of Judges. We got about halfway through it, um, and what we're going to look at this week is that last lesson of Judges that we hit on before on the Christmas break and New Year's, and so I hope that you had um, a great Christmas um, with your family and with your friends, that uh, you were able to get some rest in there, hopefully. Um, But today we're going to be looking at Judges chapter 11, and this is um, a chapter in the Bible that uh, sometimes people can find a little controversial, um, tend to have a lot of questions about, Um, and so hopefully this week as you listen and you study it with me, Um, some of those questions that you might have get answered. And if they don't, I want to hear all about it. You can uh, email me at Cameron at JonesvilleBaptist.com. And um, if you have any questions like that, I'd love to answer them on the podcast so that other people can get their answers um, too, you know, so that we can cover all the bases. Because my goal and my intention um, as a pastor is to make sure that people know how to study the Word and are getting the truth out of it and are able to apply it to their lives, whatever that looks like. All right, so let's dive in. So we're looking at Judges chapter 11. Um, The particular judge that we're looking at, his name is Jephthah. All right, so we're going to read the first three verses. It says, Jephthah the Gileadite was a valiant warrior, but he was the son of a prostitute. And Gilead was his father. Gilead's wife bore him sons, and when they grew up, they drove Jephthah out. And said to him, You have no inheritance in our father's family, because you are the son of another woman. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Then some worthless men joined Jephthah and went on raids with him. Alright, so this dude, Jephthah, right, he started life behind. He was a illegitimate illegitimate son, right? He was not the son born of the legal marriage, right? He was outside of that. And so he was basically kicked out of his family, and beyond that, he was kicked out of his hometown because of a life circumstance he had no control over. It was purely his dad's lust and adultery that caused him to be kicked out. So what did he do? Well, he chose to become a bandit. He started raiding villages with worthless men. He, he found some friends um, that he got to do bad stuff with, right? And he hurt a lot of people, okay? Well, in the midst of all of this, the Ammonites start a war with Israel. 
And after a few years, they decide, you know, the people in his hometown, they decide they need Jephthah after all. Verse 7 says, Jephthah replied to the elders of Gilead, Didn't you hate me and drive me out of my father's family? Why then have you come to me now when you're in trouble? And they answered Jephthah, That's true. But now we turn to you. Come with us. Fight the Ammonites. And you will become leader of all the inhabitants of Gilead. So Jephthah said to them, If you are bringing me back to fight the Ammonites, and the Lord gives them to me, I will be your leader. So what does he do? So Jephthah decides to let God guide his path. And he makes that known to the people that he's talking to. This is a very confusing circumstances for him. But they're likely looking at Jephthah saying, yeah, he's been doing some bad stuff, but this guy, he's been a bandit, right? A mercenary of sorts, right? A warrior. We need him. We'll give him whatever he wants. We'll make him leader, whatever. But we need his skills to fight the Ammonites. Notice that they're not turning to the Lord. They're turning to Jephthah. But what is Jephthah doing? Jephthah is letting God guide his steps. So what does he do? Uh, Jephthah, he tries diplomacy with the Ammonites. He tries to talk with them. Um, their whole goal is they want the land back that was taken from them by Moses and the Israelites during Exodus. All right, And he tells them that if they really want their land back, then their god Chemosh should take it back. So he's making a greater point here that, you know, Yahweh promised the Israelites that the land actually belonged to them. It was their birthright promised to them and given to them uh, during the time of Abraham, like a long time before the Ammonites had it. And they just came to take it back from the Ammonites. And now the Ammonites want it back. And so he's making a greater point that Yahweh is real. Chemosh is not. And Chemosh can't do anything to give them their land back. Well, the king of the Ammonites decides not to listen to reason, and he chooses to fight the Israelites anyway. So we're going to skip ahead to verse 29. It says, The Spirit of the Lord came on Jephthah, who traveled through Gilead and Manasseh, and then through Mizpah of Gilead. He crossed over to the Ammonites from Mizpah of Gilead. And Jephthah made this vow to the Lord, If you in fact hand over the Ammonites to me, Whatever comes out of the doors of my house to greet me when I return safely from the Ammonites will belong to the Lord. All right, note this. And I will offer it as a burnt offering. Jephthah crossed over to the Ammonites to fight against them, and the Lord handed them over to him. He defeated twenty of their cities with a great slaughter from Erewer all the way to the entrance of Minias and to Abel Karamim. And so the Ammonites were subdued before the Israelites. When Jephthah went to his home in Mizpah, there was his daughter, coming out to meet him with tambourines and dancing. She was his only child. He had no other son or daughter besides her. When he saw her, he tore his clothes and said, No, not my daughter. You've devastated me. You've brought great misery on me. I have given my word to the Lord and cannot take it back. Then she said to him, My father... You have given your word to the Lord. Do to me as you have said. For the Lord brought vengeance on your enemies, the Ammonites. She also said to her father, Let me do this one thing. Let me wander two months through the mountains with my friends and mourn my virginity. Go, he said. And he sent her away for two months. 
And so she left with her friends and mourned her virginity as she wandered through the mountains. And at the end of two months she returned to her father, and he kept the vow he had made about her. And she had never been intimate with a man. And now it became a custom in Israel that four days each year the young women of Israel would commemorate the daughter of Jephthah the Gileadite. What a crazy story. What does it all mean? Think. I'm going to ask some questions, and I want you to think about it, and we're, we're going to dig into it. All right, so did Jephthah make a good decision by trying to make a deal with the Lord? No. My opinion is no. All throughout Scripture, right, it says, do not test the Lord your God. Jesus even quotes it from Deuteronomy when he is being tempted by Satan. Right? Satan's trying to make deals with Jesus, trying to make deals with God. God's already going to do what's right. We don't have to convince God. And there's nothing that we can actually give God, right? It says that even our righteousness is like dirty rags. We have nothing to really offer God. That's why we needed Jesus to come save us because we had nothing of value, nothing of worth or fallen. But he tries to make this deal with God because he doesn't trust that God is actually going to come through. And so it's like he's trying to persuade God to be on his side. When God is already on his side, it says that the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. That had already happened. The Lord was honoring his actions because he was trying to honor the Lord. And he was going about it the right way. But he tries to make this deal. Well, so he makes this vow before the Lord. And he says he's going to offer the first thing that comes out of his house as a burnt offering. Well, his daughter, his only daughter, his only child, was the one that came out of the house. So here, here is my burning question unintended. Did Jephthah burn his daughter alive? Now that's a really important question. That's a question that a lot of pastors, a lot of scholars, a lot of lay people have opinions about. I'm going to give you mine and um, I want you to, you know, if if you really want to look at it, I suggest that you do. Um, check it out for yourself. Go back through the verses and put these puzzle pieces together. All right. I'm going to go ahead and say, no, he did not. And, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. We're going to get to that. All right, the third question. What can we learn from the way his daughter reacted to the news? She act, reacted pretty well, actually. She told her daughter, or she told her dad, you've made this vow. You need to keep it. Honor the Lord, is what she says. That, that's a, he, he just raised her right. That's pretty awesome. All right, so let's get to what actually happened to her. Well, precedent, okay, as we, as we look through the scriptures, right, we see that Jephthah is considered by the author of Hebrews and by the prophet Samuel to be a hero of the faith, as a role model of faith for us to follow. So Hebrews 11 references Jephthah. Uh, 1 Samuel 21 verse 11 references Jephthah. And they all consider him to be this hero. Well, um, Jephthah burning his daughter alive um, like the pagans would have done during his time in worship to Chemosh or to Baal. That's not going to be honoring to God. That's not something a hero of the faith would do, especially not in Yahweh's name 
when the Lord has said over and over throughout Scripture, especially in the Torah, that child sacrifice and human sacrifice of any sort is abominable, right? It's terrible. It's evil. He doesn't want that. It doesn't honor him. It's wickedness. And as we see it from Jephthah's character, he's trying to honor the Lord. He would have known. If you go back and you look at the um, him talking to the elders of the people, he actually recounts the history of the Israelites up to that point with accuracy. He knew. He understood. It's not like he had questions about who God was or what God wanted. He knew. He was educated in that way. And when he came back around and he, he dedicated his life and leadership to the Lord, and he's able to demonstrate that knowledge, you know in his character what would have been pleasing, what would not have been. Also, we need to take a look. All right, so um, repeatedly in the passage, it says that his daughter mourns her, not her life, her virginity. Her virginity. In Leviticus chapter 1, we see that there are examples for how to sacrifice someone in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. And that's not by burning them alive. That's by handing them over for service. A good example of this um, elsewhere we see in Scripture would be the way that Hannah handled Samuel. And she prayed for a son. God gave her Samuel and Samuel was dedicated to service for the Lord in the temple. And so we see that um, within this passage, it says that Jephthah did what he promised, but it doesn't say that he burned her alive. As you look in the book of Judges, the author who wrote this is very descriptive. He goes out of his way to give us an overabundance of detail, but he expects us to just kind of get it that Jephthah gave like like he he followed the vow and that's it it doesn't go any further into it but he makes sure that we know that she was not mourning her life she was mourning her virginity she went away for two months with her friends to mourn her virginity we can actually also see in first samuel at the end of the time of judges that women had been dedicated to service in the temple as those who would take care of the temple and as a part of that service they had to be sexually pure they had to be virgins. So it's pretty easy for us to, to take these examples and these details and put all the scripture together. We also we always have to look at the entire biblical map and see how everything fits together when we have questions. And so it makes consistent logical sense for Jephthah to not have burned his daughter alive. Now, if you've got questions about that, if I wasn't clear enough, please send me an email. I want to know about it. I want to talk with you about it. All right, so what happened to Jephthah after these circumstances? Remember, Jephthah is considered this hero. He's the leader. Um, he, he fought the Ammonites and he won. Well, what happened? Well, he ruled and he fought Israelites, actually, the Ephraimites. The Ephraimites is not the first time they've caused trouble for the rest of the people of Israel. And they were angry. They were angry that uh, Jephthah didn't ask them to fight with him when he was going against the Ammonites. And so he found a way to punish them. And a part of that was the Ephraimites had a different accent than the rest of the nation. 
um, they said some words differently. And so he would catch them by the way that they said words. And a lot of these people, they, they, they were spies and they were saboteurs and they were trying to undermine his leadership. And so uh, he had to fight them and God honored that. All right, so as we look at this, we always have to ask the question, what does it mean for us? It's not enough to just read the Bible, but we have to understand what does this mean for Pastor Cameron? What does this mean for you today as a 21st century person? Because a lot of this happened in a long time ago. I mean, sometimes when we read it, you might not even grasp that. You might be just going through the words and like, okay, I'm done. But we always have to ask the question, right? What does it mean for us? Well, a part of that is you have to understand what it means for them. And every time I go through a lesson, that's the first part that I do. We read the scripture and I break it down so you understand what it meant to them. But then we have to cross that bridge and figure out, what does it mean for me? Well, number one, we need to trust the Lord with our lives. Making promises to God, making vows before God, it doesn't impress God because you ought to be doing those things anyway. Right? If you say, God, I will be more honest if you give me more money kind of thing. That doesn't work. God's already giving you what you need and he, do, he commands you to be honest. It's a part of being a follower of Jesus, right? You're already supposed to do that. So your vow means nothing. It doesn't impress God. And number two, we always have to closely examine what the Bible says to determine its meaning. It's very easy, and a lot of people do this, to look at this passage and say, wow, what a crappy guy. He burned his daughter alive. I actually took my Sunday school class through this lesson, but it was a video series last year. And the speaker in that series claimed that Jephthah burned his daughter alive. And he went through this whole thing about, he talked about the, the moral quandary that this story poses to us because we don't understand why he's considered a hero, but yet do such a heinous act. When in reality, you can look at the biblical map and look at the, the clues that are given to us and understand it from the point of view of the Israelites that were living at the time, that didn't actually happen. We always have to examine it closely and within context. So examine it a sentence within a paragraph, a paragraph within a chapter, a chapter within a book, and the book within the entire Bible. Because the Bible is consistent it's not hard to put it together, but to put it together, you have to know it. And a lot of Christians don't know it well enough. You don't have to go to school to know the Bible. You just have to read it and pay attention to it and ask questions from people who might be able to answer those questions reliably and knowledgeably, you know, working together. And number three. God will still use us where we are to accomplish His plan. His plan is always good. His plan is always just. God will still use us even when we don't have the faith or understanding that He desires us to have. Jephthah did not have to give his daughter to the Lord. And he should never have tried to persuade God to give him victory by offering his daughter or anything else up. But he made the promise, 
and both he and his daughter had enough integrity to follow through with it. What does God really want more than anything else? God wants your heart. He wants your life. He wants your love. And anything else, you're missing the point. He wants you. He wants your obedience more than that. He wants your obedience that's born out of a love to follow him. I appreciate you being with me today with the Living Worship Podcast. I'm going to leave you with a couple scriptures um, and then we'll, we'll be done. So I want to leave you with Psalm 51, 16. And King David writes, You do not want to sacrifice or I would give it. You were not pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice is pleasing the sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit, and you will not despise a broken and humbled heart. And Deuteronomy six sixteen says, Do not test the Lord your God. Know what God wants and give him that. And don't try to bargain with the Lord. He works everything out for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And today I pray that that's you. Have a good week. I'm praying for you. Again, if you have any questions for me, you can email me at Cameron at JonesvilleBaptist.com. Take care. Talk to you next week.